Thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is our podcast where we invite you into the long-winded, ever-deepening, sometimes winding conversation of Frontier Church, where we exist for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Des Moines. In today's podcast, Cole and I talk about our month-long sabbatical, what we did, what we learned, and how grateful we are for a church like you. So whether you live in Des Moines or elsewhere, we hope this podcast helps you worship local. All right. I'm Cole. I'm the lead pastor at Frontier. I haven't said that for a while. Yeah. I'm also married to Chloe Dykey, and I'm here with... Chloe Dykey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it's 9.30 p.m. on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. A thunderstorm just started outside, which is really, really awesome. And the kids are in bed. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's pretty great. So I usually get a little bit boisterous during the podcast, so I hope we don't wake the kids up. But if we do yeah. wake the kids up, that's why there's a lull in the podcast. Yes. They'll sleep like bricks, though. Yeah, I think they'll be all right. I already vacuumed and they slept, so. I'm a little worried, though, because it's 930 and you're having tea. Well, wh- why? Oh, I've never seen you have tea at 930. Well, it's decaf. Oh. Yeah. Okay. In my okay. little tea spot, I have... A row of decaf and a row of caffeinated. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. What flavor? Uh, it's called holy basil, which I thought was <laughs> <laughs> to make this extra holy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I knew there sure. was a reason your face was shining. Yes. <laughs> holy basil. Holy basil, yeah. My friend mailed it to me once with a little card. It was really sweet, actually. It was Danielle. So if Danielle ever hears this, I'm finally drinking the tea. Thank you, Danielle. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm excited to talk about what we did during sabbatical and what we learned during sabbatical. Um, but first, like, I kind of want to say thank you to our church. So yeah. thank you, church. Yes, thank you guys so much. We're like we're not unaware of how rare this opportunity is for some pastors. We know that. We know that a lot of churches just don't have the leaders around them, mm-hmm. or a lot of pastors don't have the, the leaders around them to even make this type of thing possible, or yeah. maybe the infrastructure of churches are, are different. And so, I, I mean, I've, I've heard of pastors going 20, 30, 40 years of ministry and never once getting a single sabbatical. And so, Ugh. I know how rare this is, and it makes me feel like at the very bottom of my heart, super grateful. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I just... I can't explain what it was like to be able to start a sabbatical and feel confident that like our church was going to be doing its thing. Like that's was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's like, that's kind of the, that's kind of the hope, right? Yeah. Is that you build the church around Jesus and no other single Jenga block, you know? Mm -hmm. And so in a, in a perfect world and in a perfect church, you should be able to take out any Jenga block besides Jesus and it should still stand. Mm-hmm. And like these four weeks were a great testimony that you can take that Jenga block out mm-hmm. and the tower grows mm-hmm. still. Oh, yeah. Because it sounds like, you know, the church is healthier and a little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. a little healthier and a mm-hmm. little more joyful. Yeah. And so that's just like super affirming. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I just so many times in the last four weeks just would like strike me so much to be like, I can't believe that we 
get to do this. Mm. And mm-hmm. that like we, I personally felt so supported by the church in this too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Not like, Oh fine. Like, you know, I don't know what else kind of negative response there could be, but it's just a blessing to have like the, cause it was also quick too. quick announcement. Then the sabbatical started and to just have like an influx of encouraging texts and women reaching out and praying. And I'm super glad for that. Yeah. And yeah, and that makes me super, super happy too. And, you know, originally, originally the plan was to, there was, there was crystallizing a plan for my sabbatical later in the summer um, to just kind of celebrate, you know, five years of church planting and mm-hmm. five years of faithful ministry and five years of grinding and grinding and grinding. And so that was kind of coming into focus. And um, then then when when I sat down with Andrew and, and heard about him and Tracy moving back to Texas, it became really clear like right away that um, mm-hmm. our window for taking a sabbatical was before Andrew and Tracy moved away. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you can't take a sabbatical once such key players move away. No. And so I know it seemed really jarring to the church to hear like Andrew saying, hey, we're moving back to Texas. And then for me to be like, and peace for a month. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was kind of the thinking and the process behind that. But like, I'd be curious, you know, when I, when I came back from having the conversation with Andrew about him and Tracy and the selves moving back to Mm -hmm. Texas, and we started talking about the sabbatical, what did you think? Did you think it was crazy at first? Were you excited at first? Yeah, both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, crazy and exciting. I just was like, oh, mm-hmm. ooh. I mean, that sounds great. Who wouldn't get excited about four weeks, three weeks of a sabbatical? And, um, but yeah, also was just like, a lot to process, you know, to have the, a lot. Yeah. The self speed moving. Um, and then to be like, well, I don't even know what, I don't really know what a sabbatical is supposed to look like. So then we had to have a lot of conversations of like, okay, what do we think? What, Mm -hmm. what do you think this should look like? What is Mm -hmm. it supposed to, how is it supposed to serve you and serve our church and serve our family? And yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there probably were, admittedly, like some initial thoughts that was like, oh yeah, like let's make a list of house projects and like, (laughs) (laughs) wow, imagine all this time house projects. (laughs) Thankfully, yeah, I like kind of got level headed a little bit after that, but that was probably my initial thought was like, wow, imagine what we could do with this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we managed to stay pretty tracked on rest mm-hmm. and not house projects. But that's really funny. That you, <laughs> <laughs> you had, <laughs> that's really funny that you had that thought still. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So, I, like I said just a second ago, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of take our church through exactly what we did do during our sabbatical. And we can kind of go through that bulletin point by bulletin point and just a... Just a couple minutes, but even before we jump into that, like, sweetie, what what would you say you're most grateful for during this last month or kind of what your most important Mm -hmm. takeaways were? Yes. Um, 
Okay. Well, I guess I'll just start with some that I wrote down because first of all, I feel like just the beginning of this week has brought in some clarity of me being Mm. like, oh, I wasn't able to really see in the midst of the sabbatical, like, wow, this is what's happening. And now to start you back on a normal week, it's pretty cool to be like, oh, I see it all so clearly. And I'm just like, just so grateful for, I feel Mm, like it's just mm -hmm. like building my gratitude. Like God is just keeping it coming by being like, and remember this and like, see this and yeah, I'm super glad. And I've been able to like have conversations with women anyway. Uh, one of my favorite things that I realized something that blessed me and I think our whole family was just to see you for four consistent weeks as solely my husband and not my husband, the pastor, mm-hmm. which I love, and it's not a negative thing, but just like, I, I just never had noticed before that it's kind of strange to have like, you know, to hear you preach week after week after week, and then go home with you and be mm-hmm. like, you know, let's solve the nitty gritty of our daily life together. And I don't know. I just, I don't even know how to explain that more. I just was really glad to like be able to remember who you are, who we are together, our marriage together before um, we planted a church, I guess. Because it was kind of like, just remember what it was like to just go on a Sunday morning to a church and be filled up and go home and have a car ride together and process and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I was super thankful for that. You've actually never been married to a guy who's not a pastor. Yeah. Well, you've only been married to one dude. But, only one dude. But when, I, I mean, the Monday we got back from our honeymoon, like the, the Monday we got back from Costa Rica, mm-hmm. um, that, that Monday was my first day as a church planting resident at Redeemer. Right. And I'd gone through the eldership process before then. And so like we, we got married and then I started pastoring and getting ready to plant a church. Mm-hmm. And so... Like we're we're a couple of years into this church planting thing, but we're right. still we're still young and yeah and yeah I mean you've you've like only been married to a guy who's always in the grind of pastoral ministry right yeah yeah which is always awesome. yes yeah and it's not like I felt like you weren't that still <laughs> when we were taking a literal sabbatical so. yeah 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 <laughs> but just I don't know just to have that space it was great super thankful for that that space to just be husband and wife yeah that was really cool and i know like also like man what a blessing like to be able to say that i love that because everybody who is married and has jobs like has the difficulty of of you know balancing work and marriage and all of those things so mm-hmm just another reason to be super grateful. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. What's the second thing? Um, let's see. I think that our family rhythms were really positively affected, which was like super cool because it was mm-hmm. something that we kind of really wanted to focus on. Um, and I was a little worried because like in the middle of the sabbatical, you know, we had like plans for kind of like habits to start least I had those plans and things to do and to be like, wait, ah, we're not checking them off 
all the time, every day. And like, Ooh, but then now to be in the middle of this first week and to just really feel like I really feel some dynamic has changed pretty significantly within our family. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. We haven't gotten to talk about this a lot, but I just think that it's there and that we just having those weeks of focus um, just was really good for prioritizing for our priorities, I guess. And just like for me to feel a hunger to be like, oh, yes, Cole is home. And, or yes, like we get to do this this weekend or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really true. And like because church planting and pastoral ministry is awesome. It's like my dream job. It's my dream job, and I'm mm-hmm. so glad that I get to do it. But it's it's freaking action packed too. Yeah, like it like it's action packed, and uh, a lot of times it's 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 based on the needs of the local church. And need the thing about needs is they don't have a tendency to arise only on your calendar. They yeah. arise whenever needs arise, which is all right. the time. And so like being a pastor is like you know you're kind of prepping a sermon at the same time that you're driving to another appointment but Mm -hmm. maybe you've got one eye on the budget and you're also thinking about this conversation that you should have with leader or an elder and like you just get it like it's just Mm -hmm. it's just hard to build family rhythms around sometimes Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. yeah i feel the same way yeah yeah um okay then another thing is uh by the end of sabbatical like last week i was really yearning to just go back to our normal life, like, mm. or, you know, start the thing again, Yeah, which is always a good feeling, you know, like when, if you go on a vacation and you're like, man, you know what? I'm kind of just ready to go home. This is kind of like that where, um, I was just excited and I still am excited to be like, let's do this. Let's go back to what we love and being in ministry and just like having a, a rhythm of balancing that at home. And yeah, that was a good feeling. So yeah, yeah. just praises for that. That's amazing. I felt like, yeah, it was sabbatical was so awesome. And I also like at the end of it feel the same way. Yeah. Like I felt like a runner in the blocks uh-huh. waiting for the gunshot. Yeah. Start taking <laughs> off and running. There were multiple times, like in the last two weeks, not just like, <laughs> not just like last Sunday, multiple times that you're like, if I had to end my sabbatical now, I'd be a happy man. Like <laughs> say that a couple times. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved hearing that because I was just like, all right, good. It's just, I was a little worried, I guess, during the sabbatical of being like, how do I properly support Cole to make sure that this is restful for him? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of was like this bit of unrest for me for a little while or, or not even unrest, but just always being like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to like make sure that he's life didn't really change for me like drastically like a, the schedule you know no, I, my yeah. tasks my duties my responsibilities you know mm-hmm. so sometimes I was like I hope that he's not just like getting dragged into helping me with my responsibilities and not actually finding rest and so it was good to have a lot of centering conversations where you were like, no, I have been drinking from a well. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then just to hear those things on top of it all was always really good to be like, if I could add my sabbatical now, I'd be a happy man. Or I don't know. You said it a little different every time. But. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think about what moments would have spurred that 
that comment, and I think I have him in my head, but I'll, I'll get around we'll to We'll get to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You keep, you keep going, sweetie. Okay, last one. And this is like something that I feel very thankful for. I feel like this is just something that God um, personally led me through and taught me was just to really illuminate my like daily striving and just like, man, I just spent all day trying to procure like something that will look like a medal and be like, okay, good. There was value yeah. to this day. Like yeah. this thing happened. And so I think like sabbatical at the beginning, I was really hopeful to do like, I guess I was really hopeful to have a lot of like really big, momentous, wonderful, um, like meeting with the Lord and, um, you know, to like read a lot of books and, mm-hmm. I, you know, you just know like the way that we tend to see spirituality as like one specific thing. That's just kind of where my mind was. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this will be cool because I bet I will have one of those mornings with a hot cup of coffee and like a journal and just like boom, 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 feel so connected to the spirit mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and reality was just like like a lot of things and a lot of just the mundane and and on top of that sickness and I feel like there we just kind of we just kind of yeah, all took yeah. our t- turns like a dominoes falling with sickness a little bit. <laughs> kind of like the last 10 days, right? Yeah, where, yes. Where it was like it was Russell, then Della, then you. Yeah, well, and then you first, remember you had a migraine you were out for like a day or two. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they were all kind of unrelated things, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it. What happened is that I was barely had the mental energy to to like be hyper spiritual. <laughs> like I couldn't even sure. try to be like. Yeah, I don't know. Here I am like, wow, amazing. I am listening to the voice of the Lord. So it was awesome because I had to like really trust God and be like, why? Why don't I get my like time that I love? Like I love to pray and journal and read in nature. And what even happened is you gave me a whole day. You were like nine to five. Mm -hmm. Go and like really seek solitude and I did that, but I also was like, um, it was the worst day of my sickness. I couldn't, be- I couldn't believe that. No, yeah. and it, and I didn't realize how bad it was until like I left the house. But I was like, I'm not going back. <laughs> 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 and because I also was like, all I would do is just would just be laying down, and it would make the kids sad because I would just be laying there, and you would have to try to make them not sad. So I'm just like, I'm just staying them, out of the house. Peel them off of you. Yeah, for nine hours. So. Yeah. But anyway, just to make this quicker, um, I feel like it was a really good lesson in what rest is because God literally made me rest from that kind of like mental energy. I don't know, just to see that there is something. Oh, here we go. I wrote this down. Mm -hmm. Accomplishing literally nothing is a spiritual refinement. I Mm. just feel like I have been refined spiritually by having to just have very unremarkable days and to even have like a day of solitude that was like me just trying I don't know being sick but also like driving around and praying a lot yeah and 
being able, I mean, even that solitude time, I didn't read very much. I didn't write very much. I painted something that was really ugly. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. I didn't get to see that. I don't think you showed me that. Yeah, I know, because yeah. it was ugly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was ugly. But it was good. Like, all of it was good. I feel like the Lord was there, and he was teaching me a lot of things that I just, I guess I can't even put things to words very well. But it's cool. My my big thing that I'm trying to say is that it's super awesome that God can give us rest from trying to like, um, achieve a certain level Mm. of like mental spirituality. You know, I just didn't Mm -hmm. even realize how much I was trying to, like that God is happy for me to just be like sitting on his lap. (laughs) That's how Mm -hmm. I felt. I was like, Mm -hmm. I am sick. I am exhausted. I can just sit here and talk to you in a very plain and unremarkable way. And mm. it was awesome. Okay, Yeah, like the way that you phrased that too, accomplishing nothing is a spiritual refinement. Is that yeah. the way you, is that the way you wrote it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like it was, I felt refined by that. Yeah. Like just a neutral act. It wasn't like I was like super bummed out. It wasn't like I was super excited and like tangibly joyful. I was just, I just was. It was nice. Hmm. Yeah, but I still can't believe that <laughs> your sickness was at its worst during the, the day that you had set aside for solitude. Yeah, I know. And just like to not have to get into the details, but I will say to everybody that <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't walk. I had little tiny blisters all over my feet and hands and it was miserable. And I was like, so I was like, I'm going to nature. I'm going to sit on a bench and look at the lake. And I like got out of the car. I'm like, I can't walk there. I can't get there. (laughs) But I did. I pushed through the pain. I felt so bad (laughs) and thought about Job. (laughs) Yeah, sounds right. I mean, I mean, you know, when he's, you didn't have boils, but when he has boils, (laughs) And he's using the pottery to like <laughs> scrape it off. You know? yeah. That's not what was happening. No. But thankfully, it was not that. It did disturbing. seem like the Lord was stripping away some things to make yeah. you focus exclusively. It totally on him. was like there was a physical aspect to it where I felt like God was like, "You are going to rest," and that rest looks like you trying not to do anything because you can't. <laughs> you can just make it to this bench and sit. Anyway. Uh, yeah, that's good. Thanks for sharing those. Those are. Those are like awesome points of gratitude and those are really, really great takeaways. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but I, I just haven't heard it laid out quite like that. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Glad you shared. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Should we walk people through the through the month? Just kind of do like the uh, the overview. Yeah. What, what do we do during yes. this month? Yeah. Let's do it. I'm glad we started with your heart and like thinking about what God accomplished in you and what you're most grateful for. Mm-hmm. Let's just do like an agenda planner. What in the heck did Cole and Chloe do these last couple of weeks? Well, we started out in Nashville. Yeah. So. Fun place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, a couple months ago, um, so one of the networks that we're a part of, Send Network, they had a huge conference in, in Nashville. Huge huge and they they picked one church planter um from every state to like give this awesome package to right Mm -hmm. so like um 
free free place to sleep at that was super nice mm-hmm. no conference tickets to pay for some awesome fun money and stuff like mm-hmm. that and so we said yes to that we got picked for for iowa and so we said yes to this a couple months ago mm-hmm. not knowing that we we're gonna do sabbatical yeah um but it was it was awesome it was it I was mean, a great way yeah that that sunday morning is when we announced to the church everything mm-hmm. and then our flight was that night it yeah. got canceled got canceled for who knows why we don't know we don't know why but we were on the plane the next morning mm-hmm. and then we were in nashville and yeah. we had fun it's fine it was a lot of fun yeah. super cool cool city it was really cool to see like thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians together in this giant yeah, conference. Cool. And it was super cool. Uh, yeah. Just to be thinking about church planting and also thinking about sabbatical starting and cool coffee shops there and mm-hmm. so much swag. We got so much swag, so much swag from send network. We couldn't take it all home. No, nope. Nope. But we did pretty much Had everything. A Nashville hot chicken. Yeah, and waffles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, anytime you have like hot chicken outside of Nashville, they always call it Nashville hot chicken. Uh huh. Yeah. And so I was like, I gotta try like real Nashville. What are they hot actually talking about? Yeah, it was awesome. It was. Yeah, you were a big fan. It was awesome. Yeah, big fan. So that was that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was way fun, and it feels like years ago. Yeah, we didn't make it to all of the sessions at the conference, but no. we didn't know that we we're gonna be on sabbatical and when. No. We initially said yes. Yeah. But so. I got to go, oh, there was like a women's, let's see, what was it? Minister's Wives Luncheon. And that's where I got a lot of great swag because they just had books and you could mm-hmm. win your books at your little table and really delicious food. And Jen Wilkin was a speaker and that was like, Jen Wilkin. yeah, it was so good. It was just the best thing. So I'm really thankful for that. It was cool to connect with some other people, church planters who were kind of in the throes of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so that was Nashville, and that was only like three days of the sabbatical. Yeah, yeah. And then we came home. Yeah, I did a couple of days in Decorah then. Yeah. To do uh, to do some trout fishing. Yes. Which was really fun. Yeah. I, I went with my dad and then um, my brother-in-law and then family friends. And so there were there were five of us. And it was great. We were there for two days. Mm-hmm. Um, ate a lot of Cheetos. Probably between, <laughs> probably between the five of us, we reeled in probably 25, maybe 30 <gasps> trout. We didn't keep them oh, all. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to say 25 or 30 bags of Cheetos. I was like, <laughs> 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 wow. Okay. Yeah, B- trout. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. No, Bob. Bob, my brother-in-law. It, Bob was <laughs> like, "Wow, the dikies just don't eat. They just keep on doing their thing and doing their thing and doing their thing." And my dad said, "Well, you never heard. You never heard of anybody catching a trout at a restaurant. <laughs> so you just gotta keep eating Doritos, Cheetos, and fishing through that. That was super fun, though." Yes. Yeah, I was like, I get it. I wasn't there. I've never seen this, but also I have almost all the time where I'm like, wait, aren't you going to eat a meal there? Yeah. Cold eggy? Yeah. Yep. 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 <sighs> yeah. So, I'm super glad you got to do that because I know Decorah is beautiful and I know you love to fish. You just don't get to do it very often. It was super cool that you got to do it with some awesome people. 
it's also fun to hang out with my dad's friends. Yeah. Because <laughs> you just hear some things. Uh-huh. You know, you hear some stories about your dad that maybe your dad didn't tell you. So there we are in Decorah and we're sitting at Toppling Goliath, you know, the, mm-hmm. the awesome brewery in Decorah. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my dad's friend is telling me all these great stories about my dad, like, the regular ones, like when he said a stupid thing or mm-hmm. when the motor fell off the back of the boat and yada, 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 yada. But then he told me a great story. And I just, okay, I couldn't I just believe. remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe that, that my dad had never told me the story. Um, but apparently when my, when my dad was a teacher to prank one of his friends one morning, like a Wednesday morning or a Monday morning, to prank one of his friends who's also a teacher, he called him and said, he said, uh, hey, Oberman, got heavy fog rolling in this morning, 90 minute delay, I'll see you there, and then hung up. <laughs> and what he didn't do was call back and say, hey, by the way, that's just a joke, don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what Haberman did was pass that down the calling tree. So this is a town of like 3,500, 4,000 people. And so they still have calling trees. And so it goes down the entire calling tree at this school. Hey, heavy fog rolling in, 90 minute delay. Heavy fog rolling in, 90 minute delay. And so first period comes around, the bell rings, and there's only three people at Hampton Dumont's middle school. During first period. Three teachers, like adult people. Well, no, no, no. Three categories of people. <laughs> oh. Principal, uh-huh. my dad, and all the students. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the principal walks into my dad's room and says, Dikey, what in the heck is going on? And my dad goes, uh-oh. <laughs> And like 30 minutes, 60 minutes later, all these teachers are scrambling in. I just couldn't believe he did that. I know. I couldn't believe he I did couldn't that. believe it. I can't believe that. I can't believe it worked either. Or, I know. And he must not have clearly intended that because he showed up still to school. So he <laughs> must have been expecting everybody else to show up. Well, didn't Envy live out in the country and was like, no, there's no fog. So this no, is per- fishy. No, I can't believe it either. Apparently it's everybody's so like, crazy. whatever, if you say so. Yeah, it was just really funny the way that Haberman introduced the story. He was like, hey, Cole, you know how your dad's a dingbat? <laughs> and you know how he's always provoking and poking and starting fights and doing stupid stuff? And I was like, yeah, I'm aware of that. <laughs> but then he told that story and my jaw hit the floor. And I was like, Dad, I can't, I can't imagine having done that at Cedar Falls High School and not been fired. Instantly. Instantly. I can't believe, like, that's got to be small town (laughs) culture. My dad was like, yeah, the principal walked in and said, Dikey, we're going to have a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. And we never did. (laughs) So Decorah was great. Yeah, that's awesome. Love catching fish. Love hanging out with those guys. That was super fun. Um, Arguably for me, though, the highlight of sabbatical was Ledges State Park. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the week. It was a little chaos because you went to Decorah and then we went to my hometown and my grandma had an, a birthday party with all of my cousins, all of her children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So that was super cool. Which that was, super was busy. Fun. That was so fun. It was so fun. My grandma is awesome. So awesome. And it was great that Cole was able to be there. 
for the whole thing. And um, yeah, so then the next week was kind of our week to start doing just normal things. We went to ledges. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's really where, like, as a family and as a married couple, I feel like that's the kind of stuff that, that has always brought us life. Yeah. You know, like, would it be fun to travel to a big city and go on vacation? Sure. Um, but I feel like we're just kind of explorers at heart and mm-hmm. adventurers at heart. Like, even especially, like, when we were dating. Mm-hmm. It felt like we were going to Backbone State Park all the time and trying to get outside as much as possible. And so yeah, I know that that's kind of where we crush it as a family is just going on hikes and exploring. But that was, for me, for whatever reason, that was, like, a total highlight for me. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, you know, pack the kids up, pack the lunch, and just mm-hmm. didn't make it that far on the hike. No. Because our kids are so curious. But maybe farther than I thought we might have. So, good job, kids. <laughs> but yeah, it is slow. Slow going. Everything yeah, is yeah. fascinating to them. Right. Yeah. They and it was, filters like us. Yeah. We filter out all the beauty, but they don't. Mm-mm. But yeah, that was great. Ledges is fun because it has those like wide, shallow, beautiful creeks with the old bridge and all of that at the... Um, base and yeah, so we just like waded creeks and mm-hmm. found our way into the forest a little bit, had some lunch and the kids just did like ridiculously adorable little toddler kids outside things like make a slide out of the dirt and all sorts of imaginary things. It was so fun to witness. I don't know what it was. And mm-hmm. I think that like, I really got to see some of the fruits of um, your sabbatical already at that time, just because you were so present and eager and excited and you really kind of just like got us all into the idea. Like, yeah, you really sold it to us from like the night that you pitched it to the morning that we got ready and getting there and getting us as far as we got in the forest, despite our toddler toddler companions and um i don't know i was just like i can just tell that that he his mind isn't somewhere else Mm, or mm -hmm. not that it's always like that but there just was something that was so um i don't know something a little just a little different honestly to be like i feel like he's had his mind is free (laughs) Mm. and he's just really serving our family in a way that is blessing our family. And I was super glad for that. I was also, I was getting pretty sentimental at that point mm-hmm. in sabbatical too. And I was getting pretty emotional just cause like, I love running 120 miles an hour. It mm-hmm. makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I love running at 120 miles an hour, but when you run at 120 miles an hour, I just think maybe there are some feelings that, get pushed down mm-hmm. a long ways in the heart mm-hmm. that just can't keep up with you when you run 120 miles an hour. And so when you slow down, I think they kind of come to the surface a little bit more. And so like there was just a moment for me. There was just a really simple moment. And if if we had gone to Ledges State Park on a on a Friday... And I had seen this. It wouldn't have been cemented in my mind because there's just something, there's just clarity that happens when you slow down. You see things. Um, 
It was just a really ordinary moment, but Della and Russell were just sitting down at the top of a tiny little ravine, giggling at one another. The light was pouring through um, the trees, and I just remember looking at them, and I was like, this is it. Mm. <laughs> like, this is it. You know, and I just remember thinking so clearly, um, not forcing these thoughts or not thinking these thoughts because they were the right thoughts, but experiencing these thoughts because they were true to me in that moment. This, this thought of like, these two are, they bring me way more joy than any church attendance could. Hmm. And this moment right here is better than preaching the best sermon in the world. Hmm. And this is where I want to be. And this is where I want to get our family to. And this is where I want to live. And that moment, for whatever reason, has just been cemented in in my mind. And it was just like a super ordinary moment of our kids just giggling together. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, feels like the Spirit of God was heavy on me in Mm -hmm. that moment. Yeah. And just framed it and hung it up on my memory for me. So... I think that's why it was my favorite part of sabbatical ledges. Probably for that reason. Um, did you did you cry? Yeah, I teared up. I, I think I remember. I, I feel yeah. like I if not, I at least looked at you and we just for without ever saying anything. I feel like we just were watching them for a long time and just then looked at each other and there was a lot of understanding. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember. I feel like maybe you were a little teary eyed. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal for you. It is a big deal for me. Yeah, there, just some thawing happening at, yeah. at, at, at the heart level. Yeah. And mm. and then there was this spot where the creek went over the road. <laughs> and so whenever cars came through, they would splash. And Della and Russell were obsessed with that. What were those kids chanting? There was like a mob of... <laughs> A mob of 12 little kids who lined up right next to the road and started chanting, splash us, splash us. So every car that would come through would like speed up and splash them. And Della and Russell just couldn't get enough of that. Yeah, I couldn't either. It was really cute and a little frightful because I was like, oh my gosh, the car is really going to speed up and there's kids right there. But (laughs) everything was fine. Everything was fine. Well, the other park moment we had uh, wasn't at Ledges, but the other park moment we had was... Um, over by Sailorville Dam at kind of a tucked away spot that we like. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Della found an inchworm. Oh, yeah. The little the little inchworm. The little inchworm that couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Della, she loves bugs. She loves them so much. She, she has such a strong grip, too. <laughs> yep, yep, she does. She calls them her little buddies, little guys. Yeah, little guys. Hey, little guy. Hey, little guy. Hey, little buddy. Hey, little buddy. Uh-huh. This inchworm was crawling on her palm, and she said, I just love him. I just love him. I just love him. <laughs> and then she got really excited and carried him over to me, pinched between her pointer finger and thumb. and Pinched. Big, yeah. And that was that. That for the was inchworm. that, yeah. Uh-huh. And she was a little confused but classic lenny moment from yes. steinbeck's of mice and men it totally I was the, i want to put the bunnies george the <laughs> wabbits george kills him little della it was yeah. still cute though yeah it was cute it's really cute how she sees everything as adorable mm-hmm. even worms and because she did this too where she um brought a giant 
huge cricket to me saying, oh, I just found this little one. It's just a little one. <laughs> she brought it. She showed it to me. I was like, wow, that's a giant fat cricket squished between your fingers. <laughs> anyway. So Nashville, Spencer, Decora, a couple parks. I think the next big one on the list is we got to go to Clinton. Yeah. And hang out with the Powells on a Saturday night <sighs> and uh, visit Hope City Church and on yeah. a Sunday morning, which was awesome. So those of you who are new to Frontier Church, Nick and Holly are some of Chloe and I's best friends. And they're also our first church planters that we trained up mm-hmm. and sent out from Frontier. Mm-hmm. Yep. A year ago. They moved a year ago. And they've mm-hmm. just been slowly starting the process there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're meeting on Sundays in a big, beautiful, old Catholic church. That was just super cool to see. And um, they bought this really cool old Victorian home and have been fixing it up. Oh, the most Powell thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It was crazy because we've gotten to know them in each of their homes that they've owned over the years. And I feel like this home was like the culmination of them all. And it's just like, I just saw Nick and Holly everywhere. It's like, wow, you guys have made yourself a home in this big Victorian thing. It's a beauty. The Powell way. The Powell way. Gave us this intricate tour of exactly when the woodwork was accomplished. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was great. Worshiping with Hope City was something, dude. I mean, that was mm-hmm. that was a unique experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was great because they're they're doing such good gospel centered work over there, and yeah, people want to be a part of it. And yeah, they're developing as a family, and yes, they have liturgy and worship and preaching, mm-hmm. and they gather on Sunday. It's just so cool to see that happening. Yeah, totally. And just to be like to see the people see who the church is i loved that i loved that and got to meet some of them and to just you know it's different it's different looking than frontier Mm -hmm. yeah which of course it should be it's a different city it's a different place it's a different church but yeah it's just you know different when you see it you're like oh wow it's their own it's like when oh never mind i shouldn't maybe make this it's like when you have a baby and then the baby starts walking and you're like oh wow you can walk <laughs> <laughs> not that i didn't you know expect the baby to walk but i just yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. like wow you are your own human i was like I know, wow I you know. are your own church this is just so cool to get to show up and see and be a part of and yeah it's leave so a bunch of fruit loop Crumbs everywhere. There's a lot of Fruit Loops there. Got them. So we got them. We picked them up. And but so, it's so rewarding because you feel the hole in your heart of missing Nick and Holly, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And you see the money go out of the church's budget towards church planting. Yeah. Um, but to be there. Yeah. To worship with them. That's what's up. Yeah. That's great. I also, never thought we would be able to do it either. Yeah. yeah it, was so, it was so rewarding. It was also kind of weird though. We're out... You know, I, I feel like I'm just getting used to saying like, yeah, I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realize I've been doing it now for four and a half years, but I feel like I'm just getting used to being like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. Um, and so it's like, it's a different level though. Mm-hmm. When I was at Hope City being like, yeah, hey, I'm Cole. I'm one of Nick's friends. And Nick was like, well, 
he's kind of the founding pastor of the father, you know, church that sent to us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am like way too young to be a grandparent. It's <laughs> so like that, that feeling of like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Super rewarding, but also like, it's just weird that we don't know each other uh-huh. and yeah. we don't do life with one another. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool. Like they're doing great work. Mm-hmm. I miss the Powells. They're doing great work, though. Mm-hmm. Next up on the uh, next up on the the agenda, though, is you know, so Nashville, Decorah, Spencer, some state parks, Clinton and Hope City. The one this was a big one for me, but I I got to go to a cabin outside of Omaha for twenty four hours of complete silence and solitude. The family, mm-hmm. you guys. Stayed back here in Des Moines and I put the kids to bed and went late one night with a backpack full of books and a Bible and a journal and spent 24 hours basically in a cabin just alone, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. I love it. I'm so glad you got to do that. Mm -hmm. So glad. Yeah. Woke up in the morning, spent the first hour like in a prayer walk around the around the lake and then spent the next couple hours just doing personal worship like nobody was there Mm -hmm. like nobody and so (laughs) it was me in 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 this tiny cabin that had a a bathroom a kitchen and a sink and a hard cement floor that was it so like it was just totally distraction free and so I just blasted worship music on my phone and got down on my knees and just worshiped alone for a long time. <laughs> I just, I actually played, you know, the All Hail King Jesus yes. song. Yeah. I just played that thing on repeat. I, I love I, that. I literally don't know how many times I listened to it. It, it may have only <laughs> been five times, it may have been 20. I, don't, I was in a trance. Yes. I wish. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall there to see that. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I love it that you had that time and that was your sister's husband's family's cabin Mm -hmm. yeah so it was super cool that they were able to just set you up and get you there also it was super cute because um you went there by yourself late at night stopped at brooks to get the keys and stuff then went to the cabin and i just think it's so sweet she like gave you a whole bag of groceries and like things to eat and snacks Mm -hmm. and Whatever else you needed, and I was. Like, she knew I wasn't gonna pack. <laughs> she knew, and I guess she knew your wife wasn't going to either, because I, I was did, like, "Oh, I didn't even think of that." <laughs> I, I mean, I literally took like my Bible, a, bo- a, a, a poetry book of Jack Gilbert poems, yes. and a journal, you know, and jumped in the car, and <laughs> I was like, "I don't need anything else. I'm good." Yes. Yeah. Super sweet. It's great, though. I mean, I spent the entire day just doing the hard work of heart work and Mm -hmm. asking God big questions, giving God a lot of silence and working through some of those things. And so it was like awesome. It was, it was so good. And then I ended my time there with a great cigar, like on, on the dock, just saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying this and revealing that and doing that. And so I came like, I, th- I think I came back just on fire. That yes. was pivotal for me. You totally did. That was pivotal for me. Yeah. Yes. And I think that was that was the Wednesday of our last week of sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like maybe the last 
kind of killer, most important thing that we did during sabbatical was the last Sunday morning. We had just a married worship Sunday together in our house. Mm -hmm. That was cool, right? Yeah, it was cool. It was cool because it's just very worshipful and like intimate. And I loved it just to be like, here we are worshiping Jesus together at our dining room table. Mm -hmm. Our children were with your parents, so it was literally just us. Yeah, and the original plan was to go to 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 go to the Quad Cities for that weekend to party with some of our really good friends who are in church leadership. Yeah. Over in the Quad Cities and to to visit Sacred City in the morning, which is an awesome Acts 29 church that we love and is over in the Quad Cities, but we were a little bit sick still. And so we're like, "Hey, let's just worship yeah. in our house." Yeah. And it definitely, was awesome. Yeah. Didn't want to spread spread anything, so. Mm-hmm. That was sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and that I think that moment was really helpful in me seeing, like I said earlier, just you as my husband, and it was very, very sweet, very thankful. Yeah. And then Monday morning came around, and we came out of the running blocks. Mm-hmm. Excited. Mm-hmm. Fast and furious. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not 120 miles per hour, though. That's very fast. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We eased into it a little bit more than that, huh? Yeah. And that's sabbatical. That's it? Yes. So I got to share a lot about what I felt like I learned. You got to share about what you did. (laughs) But do you have any big takeaways you want to tell the church? Like anything that was just very cemented on your heart? want to rejoice in let's hear it yeah i think i so i have three and all three of these really like crystallized for me at the cabin in omaha Mm -hmm. um but the first was that i needed to thaw out my heart towards king jesus and i didn't even really know that until sabbatical Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i needed to follow jesus not as lead pastor yeah I needed to follow Jesus, not as guy getting the sermon ready for Sunday morning. I needed to follow and worship King Jesus, not just as guy who needs to give counsel and advice about King Jesus, but like I needed to worship King Jesus as solely and purely a follower of King Jesus. And so I just needed to thaw my my heart out. And it actually kind of reminds me of when I was a freshman in college, one of my high school buddies, Michael Donnelly, challenged me like the day before he was he was training for this triathlon, and he challenged me the day before by saying like, "Bro, you you can't run this triathlon." I, I hadn't been training, you know, I, I wasn't planning on doing it. But when he challenged me, like, "Hey, you can't do this," I was like, "Yeah, I can, bro." And so the next day, I just did the triathlon <laughs> without training. <laughs> Maybe it was a couple of days. I can't. I can't even remember. But I made it through the entire triathlon. Um, but the last piece of the triathlon was, you know, six point two miles running. And so I got to the final mile of running. And while I was running, I felt my right leg cramp up super bad. But I could still run. <laughs> and then, like a half mile later, I felt my left leg cramp up. But I could still run. As long as I was still running, I was, I was fine. I was fine. Um, 
And I made it all the way to the end. And once I crossed the finish line, I stopped. And when I stopped, both of my legs went. <laughs> and the cramp literally put me on the ground in pain. <laughs> I like, forgot you told me this before. Yeah, it was so bad. Like when I stopped running, just boom, I hit the ground. It was that bad. Wow. And um, I feel like that kind of happened to my heart with sabbatical mm-hmm. where you run and you run and you run and you can yeah. run through the heart cramp. Mm-hmm. But when you stop, there's just some stuff that comes yeah. up in your heart. Yeah, it doesn't end. And my heart cramped up a little bit during that first week of sabbatical where I was like, I can't believe that conversation still bothers me. Why am I thinking Mm -hmm. about that now? Mm -hmm. Or I can't believe that I'm still a little bit hurt from those people leaving the church or, you know, whatever it is, these things that I didn't think I was wrestling with, like totally came back to me, Mm. Um, which required me to work through it. Yeah. Not as a pastor, but as a lover of Jesus. Yeah. So that was, that was awesome. That was awesome. I have like a, I'm picturing those workout roller things when you have sore muscles, you're supposed to roll them out. Right. And yeah. they're re- it's really painful. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's how you know it's good. Yeah. That's how you know. That's how, you know, you ran a dry off the lawn without training. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first one. I needed to thaw out my heart towards Jesus and I, I didn't even know it. Um, the second one is that I just needed some time to repent of some sins as a pastor that I couldn't see. So specifically, specifically when I was at the cabin in Omaha, I felt and sensed the Holy Spirit say, Spend a lot of time in prayer about some unrepentant sins that you have as a pastor. Mm. So that was really illuminating to me. And Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And the main one that God really brought up for me was there have been seasons, and I'm not proud to say this, obviously. Um, there have been seasons, some short and some long, at Frontier Church where I have valued results more than I have valued relationships. Mm-hmm. And that hurts to say. Yeah. But it needs to be said. Um, and it needed to be confronted. And it's really, it's, it's strange for me to think through that too. The fact that I can value results sometimes more than relationships. And I was, when I was praying and journaling about this, I just wrote down some thoughts where I was like, yeah, it totally happened. I, I went on to write, I know that this is the case because sometimes I'm more eager to prep a sermon than I am to spend time with people, which is really uncharacteristic of who I was growing up and who I was in college. I I would always do whatever it took during those times of my life to hang out with people and relationships were the most important thing in the world. And that's changed in me sometimes uh, at Frontier Church. Sometimes I have valued preaching the perfect sermon more than relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have valued getting results from ministry more than certain relationships, which sucks because that's sin and that's bad leadership. And it's also just like bad theology because at the end of the day, relationships are what ministry's all about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like relationships are the result of ministry. Mm-hmm. Relationships are where people are discipled and where people actually learn to follow Jesus. And relationships are 
It's where people learn to live differently and get discipled and think different things and change their habits and follow Jesus. And so it, it was really, it was very clear to me that mm-hmm. the Lord was like, this is a people first church mm-hmm. and they need a people first pastor. Mm-hmm. They do not need a performance first pastor. Mm-hmm. They need a people first pastor. Yeah. Nobody is at this local church because of performance. Mm-hmm. They're here because they love the people. Mm-hmm. So as a lead pastor, you be a people-first pastor. So that was really humbling for me, and I really needed to hear that, I think. Sweet. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, and I think the third and probably most important thing that I, that I learned, and my big takeaway was just that I had to define who I was as a family man. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to hear you talk a little bit about experiencing me as husband and dad and not as pastor for a month because I'm like, yes, that's that's really good because I feel like the Lord really wanted to show me this is who you are as a family man. Yeah. So that was really, really important for me. Yeah. yeah. Really important for me. Right. It's so cool to like be able to see... Um, God just really, uh, I don't know, beefing up the like characteristics that he has given you since day one of like, you know, loving people and loving family um, and just like, you know, refining them and reminding you and taking you back to them and growing you in them. And um, I'm super excited about that. I just feel like this sabbatical was a lot of seed planting and mm-hmm. um I don't know. I just feel very confident and excited and eager for what's coming. And, you know, I, I'm a gardener, so I like to just look every single day <laughs> to see if anything has grown. So <laughs> that's how I feel right now about this, this next season that we're entering, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as I, as I dwelled on that question of, get with the Lord and define who you are as a family, man. It was just really healthy for me too. Cause I, I just, I'm like you, we both love our families that we grew up with. And mm-hmm. as I was kind of processing some of that, it just, I kept on thinking about all the fun that my family had together growing up. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought about all the different times that my, my dad had positioned us to have fun and had gotten us to the cabin mm-hmm. or had gotten us to the wrestling meet or had gotten us to the lake or had gotten what felt like to me the entire town of Hampton into our living room on a Friday night for a party. <laughs> like all these different ways that I, I felt growing up like like my dad was like the funnest dude, on, mm. you know, on mm-hmm. the planet. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. <laughs> I just I just love that. And um, I don't think that I've been that for our family these last five years, you know, like so much time and energy and effort has been through. Let's get through this week. 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 And, um, I just really felt the Holy spirit be like, you can be the funnest dad in the world, Cole, (laughs) and you need to aim for that. (laughs) And you have the Holy spirit to do that. Yeah. And so like, it really solidified, like, I want to be a, I want to be a fun first dad. Like I want my kids to grow up Mm -hmm. seeing us pray together and read the Bible together and Mm. read deep books together and hear awesome sermons get preached. But then 
so much fun. Like, yes. I want them to think that Yahweh is a fun God to yes. be around and to be with. And their father in heaven loves to take them on adventures and have fun. And so mm-hmm. that just like crystallized it for me. Yes. I love that. And it's so true. I can't get out of my head the lengths you went to make Russell think that he found a real dinosaur egg. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty great, right? Yes. Awesome. You've got to tell real quick just what you did. I feel like this is a work of the spirit and also it's so fun. (laughs) I I took Russell on a little dude's date to Barnes and Noble. Um, and we were going through the toys section mm-hmm. and on the, on the top shelf of the toys section, I saw these little dinosaur eggs. Russell couldn't see them. So I saw these little dinosaur eggs and they were the type of eggs where you could soak them in water and it came with a little chisel and you could excavate the little dinosaur toy from the, <laughs> from the egg. <laughs> and so immediately I thought, wouldn't that be fun? Yes. And I shouldn't let you Russell see. You didn't stop so, there. Yeah. So I was like, hey, Russell, what's that over there? And he looked the opposite direction, and I took the egg, and I stuck it in my pocket. <laughs> I paid for it. Don't worry. <laughs> but I stuck it in my pocket so he couldn't see. <laughs> and so we... Um, we, we, we went to the we went to the, the checkout line and you know Russell put his dinosaur book up here up there that he wanted to buy and you know blink and they're like hey is this is this everything for you and I was like yep totally and then I did a big wink to the, to the cash <laughs> register she's like what and I was like hey Russell what's that over there and like, it's like here and I snuck the egg to her and so she was able to like scan it you know and give it back to me and I stuck in my pocket without Russell seeing it and so he had no idea that I bought the egg and then when we got in the car and started driving home I pretended to have a phone call with a policeman because I know this is not the way it works but he's just super obsessed with police lately yes and so I was like hello an authority structure and authority yeah yeah yeah. this is the police Why, why are you calling me Oh, really? You want something from Russell? You think that you found a dinosaur egg out in the forest and you want Russell to go find it? Okay, sir. I'll be right there. I hung up. I was like, Russell, did you hear that? It's like, yeah, totally. And so we drove out to the forest. And we, 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 uh, Browns. Yeah. Browns mm-hmm. Woods, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we start walking down the trail. And w- when you're a kid, and you think the police have discovered a dinosaur egg that they want you to find. Everything looks like a dinosaur egg. <laughs> so we're like stopping like every two feet, right? Looking at every pebble being like, this is it. <laughs> and then one time Russell turns around to look at a pebble. So I take the egg out of my pocket and I throw it 10 yards in front of us, right? He doesn't see it. We keep on walking and walking and walking. And Russell's like, ooh, there it is. And he ran and he grabbed it. He was just so excited because... Why wouldn't he be? He's obsessed with dinosaurs. Yes, he is. And And, why wouldn't there be a dinosaur egg right there on the pathway? Right. So then I took out the instructions and I was like, hey, the police gave us instructions. Here's what we got to do. We got to take this back home and we got (laughs) to soak it in water and then we got to excavate it out. And we don't know if there's really going to be a dinosaur in there or not, but we got to try. And he was like, yeah, we got to (laughs) try. So we got back and we came back and we soaked it in water for 40 minutes and then excavated it. Got the dinosaur toy out of there, and he just loved it. It was so fun. <laughs> he was so proud, too. I don't remember where I was or what I was doing, but <laughs> when I was in on the situation finally after the 
Pliosaurus had been excavated, he came like running yep. to me to show. And he's like, it came from this egg and told me the process. And like, it was funny to see his reaction because he was not like 100% convinced, I don't think, that he was like, I'm not 100% sure what just happened. Like, I'm not so sure that the police told me to do this. But also, (laughs) the way he, like, recounted it to me, there was a little bit of suspicion, but a lot of wonder and total excitement. And uh, actually, what he was like, he was like, okay, wait, so everything I know now has changed. I feel like he was like, if the police can call me and tell me to get this dinosaur, he was like, so wait, if I soak the dinosaur... Is it going to turn into a real dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, no. Uh, that's funny. Anyway. That's so funny. Yeah, it was a fun time. Cute. Man, what a sabbatical. Yes. Man, what a sabbatical. Do you want me to take another one soon? <laughs> yes. Another couple of years? Yeah, let me just make my list of house projects. <laughs> yeah, I think. So. Mm. so we love you guys, church. Like we really do. What you know, before we say, before we sign off on this podcast, one thing that struck me was I'm so glad that we have a church that doesn't need us, but wants us. Yeah. And so like we got tons of encouragement while we were away during sabbatical, way more than this. But let me just read two text messages that I got that I think really reveal the type of people we have in our church. Here's text message number one. I just loved this so much. One of our friends from the church messaged us by saying, quote, if you guys were here during communion this morning, I would encourage you both that you give such a presence of joy and belonging to Frontier. We miss you when you're gone. And I'm sorry that I haven't told you that more frequently, but I'm telling you now, your love for people is felt and it's palpable. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's all I ever want to do is to be a presence of joy and belonging to yeah. Frontier. Yes. So it's all I ever continues. want to accomplish with my leadership. Yeah. <laughs> if only one person experiences joy in Jesus, everything will be worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Quote, the church you're coming back to is beautiful. The work that you have labored over and cried over and sacrificed for has not been in vain. As I look and watch what I am seeing now is truly and literally what I know will have in the new creation. Weak Mm. and dirty people enraptured by Jesus and his work with Mm. one voice praising him, engaging their lungs, tongues, hands, and bodies in worship in one voice. Your labor has yielded this fruit in a jazz club in Des Moines. Do not grow weary. Your work is worth it, and you are coming back to a beautiful garden. Boast in God's good grace. He has used your skinny little self (laughs) to do something truly beautiful. (laughs) I love that. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yes. One more thing came to my mind, Mm -hmm. too. Just on this topic of, like, man, our church is great. Um. On Sunday morning when we did stay home and we didn't have the kids, so I woke up and could just kind of lay there in bed for a minute and think, I could not stop just like imagining myself walking down the hall at Noche, mm-hmm. turn the corner, 
having conversations with people like by the kids area, worshiping Jesus. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to (laughs) go. So all that to say is I just have missed, missed you guys so much. And I am so excited to be back in the normal rhythm of things. And um, yeah, like it was so great to see other churches and see perspectives and see good friends. But like, man, I need Frontier Church. Yeah, yeah. And it's a wonderful feeling. Wonderful feeling. Yeah. Visiting other churches is so fun. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I want to do it. <laughs> There's just no substitute for the people of Frontier Church and what God is uniquely doing through Frontier Church. I'm just yeah. so happy. I'm just so happy to be a part of it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Back seat, front seat, middle seat. I just want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just amazed that I get to play a role in leading this church. Just amazing. Yeah. So church, we love you guys. We love you. Thanks for making our dreams come true, for giving us this this rest and for giving mm-hmm. us space. And we know that you guys were praying for us. And mm-hmm. thank you for being a church that's built around Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. For being a church who doesn't need the dikes, but for whatever reason wants the dikes <laughs> to be part of what God's <laughs> doing. So we love you guys and we can't wait to see you Sunday. Yes. See you soon.